Welcome to Demystifying Aged Care, your insider's guide to navigating the aged care journey. Hello, I'm Graham Mabry, and thanks for listening to Demystifying Aged Care, where we discuss the ageing journey and what really matters to you when it comes to growing older with meaning. Today, our thoughts turn to food, or as the orphans in Oliver sing it, food, glorious food. Over the years, the food served in residential aged care hasn't been featured in too many magazines or television specials, at least not for the right reasons. Uh, And when I hear people talk about it in the past, I've heard words like bland, boring, stodgy, tasteless, and overcooked. And that's just the beginning. So with that in mind, how does slow-cooked lamb shanks followed by lemon cheesecake sound? Or breakfast, breakfast buffet, if I'm staying in a hotel, one of my favourite things. Well, how does a breakfast buffet that includes homemade bircher muesli, freshly prepared pastries, and eggs cooked your way, how does that go? My guest today is proving that food in aged care can be flavourful, colourful and five-star nutritious. Todd Chevens heads up Orem, the catering arm of Baptist Care. Todd has cooked for royalty and celebrities around the world, working in top hotels and restaurants, and he knows quite a lot about fine dining. As executive chef at Orem, he is leading Baptist Care's food revolution. Todd, it's great to have you with us today. We really appreciate you being here, and you can take us through this new approach to aged care food. I mentioned slow-cooked lamb shanks, lemon cheesecakes, breakfast buffets, is that really typical of what's on offer at Baptist Care now? Thanks, Graham. Yes, absolutely. We're looking at all these opportunities to create food and memories for our residents. So we've introduced the breakfast buffets throughout our sites. We um, offer braised lamb shanks and salmon and and really nice cooked food. Okay. Now, what's been the catalyst? How has this change come about? I came into Baptist Care three and a half years ago, and I found some of the comments, like you mentioned earlier, about the stodgy and overcooked food, and it really disappointed me. So what I want to do is I want to cook food that's really food that you and I would appreciate any day. So really as close as possible to what you did in your previous life. That's right, yeah. Um, Really properly cooked food with passion, highly seasoned um, nice presentation in the lot. So going back a bit, why did food in residential aged care develop such a bad reputation? I think over the years we had people leaving the hospitality industry as chefs and decide to go into aged care. And they just did it as a retirement or pre-retirement job. So they didn't have the passion anymore. When you came into Baptist Care three and a half years ago, you brought in a new approach Across the the sector generally, what were the barriers to change? I think the biggest barrier was that the people's conception of what an aged care chef looked like. They thought that it was, you know, an old washed up person. Now what we're doing is we're finding new young people that have an interest of a family-friendly lifestyle but still have a lot of passion and a lot of giving. In the past, was there a, a sense for chefs that You've, you've had a fine reputation, you've had a fine career. This is what I do just before I retire. 
Yeah, I think that I think that was the biggest thing. Um, even when I was first looking at aged care, I thought, no, it's not something that I want to go into. But luckily, um, I persisted with it and met enough people in the industry to say, hey, I can really make make a change. Yeah, is that uh, what was it? What was the actual trigger for you to go? You know what? I've I've been at the Richardson and other top flight plays, but mm. I'm going to go into a care group. Yeah, I think the the Richardson closing was the catalyst. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was approached to come on and do this. So, but first it, you said no. Yeah, that's right. But I think looking at it, and I'm very fortunate that I can do Monday to Friday, nice sociable hours. I can play tennis on Wednesday nights. I can have my weekends off. Before that, I would be working split shifts either four or five days a week, working till 11, 12 o'clock on Friday, Saturday nights when everybody else was out having fun. I was going to work Christmas Day, not with my family. It was going to my family at work, which yeah. I have to say, Graham, I did love my time doing that. But different time of my life and this opportunity possessed itself. Now, it's become, a, I mean, it's more, it's obviously, yes, it's great for you and it's great for your family life and at this stage of your journey. But it's also become a passion, hasn't it? Because I know you've you've said to me before we began the podcast that when you're interviewing for members of the team, you're listening for values, first and foremost. Tell us about that. Yeah. So Baptist Care has their own set of values. And, you know, I've worked in other hotel groups around the world, such as Fairmont, and they have structured interviews. So that looks at the values and beliefs as well. So you may be the best sushi chef in the world. But if you don't have the right values, all you are is a very good sushi chef. That doesn't necessarily fit in with the values of Baptist Care. One of the things I know that you do at times is have a, a residence uh, choice day where the residents, there is no menu. And we'll talk about this in a little more detail later. But I noticed that when we were chatting about it, you said the chefs go out and find out what the residents want. So it's not the chef tells the staff to find Mm -hmm. out. You obviously want the team and the residents interacting. Yeah, so I encourage all the chefs to go out every day or as much as as, um, possible going out to the residents and talking to them, finding out what they want. My time with um, the Richardson and my previous life in, in fine dining and that was you find a lot from the residents or from the from the customers. And you understand that people love speaking to the chef and sharing their interests and likes and dislikes. So by having the chefs leave the kitchen and go out, it's a great opportunity for them to get direct feedback and what was good and what was good what was need to be improved. Yeah, we're, we're what do they call it? Room for growth. Tom. Yeah, that's Where right. Where was the room for, <laughs> there was a lot, I reckon. Um, the I, I think one of the acid tests is if you go to a aged care facility and the meal comes, would you want to have it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what we spoke earlier is, you know, the food that we should pick any of one of our facilities and we could go there this afternoon and have lunch and we should absolutely enjoy it. When you started this revolution, you were able to put together a team of chefs who've uh, cooked in the Ritz-Carlton in Perth, in the JW Marriott in Mumbai, in the Western and the Sea restaurant in Singapore, uh, and people who have been on the personal staff of the Brunei royal family and the late Chinese billionaire entrepreneur Lim Gotong, who was once the wealthiest man in Malaysia. Why, why is a background in high-end hospitality 
so good for aged care. The chefs that we hire now, um, they all have to have a high-end um, ability and they have to show that they have longevity in the in the industry. So we know that they're passionate about food, otherwise they wouldn't be able to hold these positions. But now it's the longevity of them in the industry and the values that make them so valuable to me. Yeah. Now, how do you make sure that residents, you've got this team together, now how do you make sure that residents' needs are catered for but the food stays the sort of food you want to produce? So by the chefs going out and talking to them um, gives us a lot of the feedback. It's it's a little bit hard to um, make 100 people happy, but we'd like to think that we can achieve that. You have a team together. You know the residents' needs. How does it how how does it all work? Let's drill down into that. Do the, the do the chefs go through an assessment of residents' needs and then develop recipes? What's the process? So really we go out and speak to the residents and we get to know them as a person. Find out what they really like and what brings back memories of their childhood. Then from that we will create um, a four-week rotational menu and then each site will maybe specialize and tweak it a little bit so that it caters more for for their site. So, for example, our site in Gracewood might not have exactly the same ne- menu as our site in, in Brookton and Kalkarni. Um, the reason for that is the, the people out in the wheat belt may tend to prefer their meat and three vegetables where Gracewood has some other finer tastes. Oh, look, I was, I was a kid in the wheat, wheat belt, so uh, for a little while, South Cumming in, which people always believe, if you know the name South Cumming in, they believe you yeah. were in the wheat belt, because <laughs> unless you've lived there, nobody knows it exists. Yeah. But uh, yep, killing the killing the weather each, each uh, regularly, and yeah, meat and three veg would be pretty, well, it'd be important to them, because that's what they've known all their life. Yeah, that's right. And so you're not there to suddenly make them want to develop tastes from someone who's lived, come to Australia from Malaysia. Mm. Yeah. It's that's that was what uh, actually what Russell was saying on another podcast. Russell is the CEO of Baptist Care. That the cornerstone of the whole thing is the individual, their mm. life and their needs. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. We we know the jury's in. We know that um, food and the enjoyment of food is enormously significant in emotional, mental, and physical health in older people. Why? Why do you think it's so important? I think the food brings back memories of their childhood. And I'll give you an example about when we introduced corn on the cob. Yeah. We first thought or we were first told that it was a bit of a hazard. It could be a choking hazard. And I said, no, look, let's give it a try. So we tried it. And there was a day when we first did it up in Yulambi and the lady came up to me and she had tears in her eyes and said, you know, eating the corn on the cob, the butter was rolling down her fingers and it made her remember when she was a little child. Mm. And I think, you know, there's there's nothing better to justify my choices of corn on the cob than that comment. And I, and I think it's, I'm glad you told that story because it illustrates too the fact that whereas in when you were the chef, uh, wherever it was with, you know, royal families or wherever, Oprah or anybody else, and this man has cooked for Oprah, folks, but uh, the queen of television. But when, there you're ruling the world, basically. Executive mm-hmm. chefs are emperors by, or empresses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, but here you're working with a team 
and uh, and clearly, all right, so the medical people say we've got to be careful because there could be a choking hazard. So, but between you, you work out who can safely have this, what, what, how do we have to prepare it so it isn't unsafe, and you have that great result. Yeah, and that's where it goes back to everybody's an individual. So some people may be able to have corn on the cob and others we have to modify yeah. it so that they can have something else. Because their safety is preeminent and physical yeah. ageing is what it is. Huh? Mm. Okay, so then the Royal Commission, I want to bring this up. In the, when the Royal Commission into Aged Care in Australia um, was held, one of many conversations that came out of that, of course, was about food. And one of the people that came to the fore was Maggie Beer, passionate food advocate, and kind of leading the fight for the sort of improvements you're bringing in. Uh, you obviously share her passion, Todd, uh, and changes to the menu and to the way it's cooked are a major part of this. We get that. We've talked about that. Are there other smaller changes that have made a difference? I think with the quality of staff that we're bringing in and the chefs, I find going back to the basics and cooking food properly. I'll give you an example of mm. cooking lamb shanks. Prior to me coming, they would maybe try to cook the lamb shank for two hours in the morning. It would be tough and hard and there would be no flavor. Now with the chefs that we have, they know that they can put a lamb shank in the oven overnight, cook it safely, and then in the morning when they come in, it's nice and tender and full of flavor. By doing simple things like that, that is the biggest changes that we can make. But it also adds to you know the residents' enjoyment of of the dishes. And just a kind of question without notice in a way, this, it strikes me then that when, I mean, five chef, five star chefs will come and go, mm -hmm. uh, your team will change over time, but, but obviously you're establishing a method because, I mean, it doesn't matter who, it, once you know how to cook the shanks, it really doesn't matter who's doing the cooking. Mm. You know, that's, I guess, the role of the executive chef for you to be able to go, this is how we do it. In fact, you were saying to me that if you are employing staff other than the kind of five-star superstars, you, you first of all look for values because you can teach other things. Mm. Tell me about that. So, so some of the more junior staff that come in, we have to find that they have the values first. We can teach people how to make a cup of tea or clean a bench or serve breakfast. But we have to ensure that they have the knowledge that they it's important to be kind and friendly and um, accountable to our residents. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's a sentence which uh, I can't recall it exactly, but it's along the lines of, in Baptist care, uh, you don't live in our facility, we work in your home. Mm -hmm. And it's people having that understanding? Yes, that's exactly it. Um, we're lucky enough to to go to work every day and create good food and memories for the residents. Mm -hmm. We're it's a type of job that you can have success and happiness every day. That's fantastic. And I mean, one of the things about home that I enjoy are special days and special celebrations. Like we've just had one not too long ago uh, with the grand final, but it might be Melbourne Cup, it might be birthday. So what do you do about that? So every site has a, a team of therapy and lifestyle people. So they work closely with the head chef and the facility manager and also the residents because some residents may like to celebrate different um, um, holidays or special days. So I'll give you one example. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had one of our new sh head chefs at Gracewood in Salter Point. He arranged to do a Lebanese buffet 
And so we had all the residents into the activity room. And to take it one step further, they organized to have a belly dancer come in. And she came in and gave a 20-minute show in front of all of our aged care residents. And they absolutely loved it. You had the defibrillators ready? To- <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure And that's about just for that. the chefs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was funny because I wasn't even involved with the, the pre-planning of this, but I found out when it was all confirmed. And I just looked at it and I went, that's brilliant. Oh, fantastic. That is absolutely mm. brilliant. Tearing ourselves away from the mental image of belly dancing, I want to move on to something quite different, and that's the next generation, because I know that you've been working with uh, students, master's students at Edith Cowan University, uh, to to work cooperatively to do something there. Tell us about it. Yeah. So last year was the first year that we had the dietetic students come over to our site, and there was, I think it was probably about 30 students, so they were divided into two groups. The first group did a lunch buffet for our residents, and then um, they did all the prep and everything in the kitchens, the the menu planning. They broke it down into the nutritional value and everything. Then in the afternoon, the second set came in and did the dinner for them. This year, um, I believe it's in November, where we have a half number of students coming. So we're going to do it again, and it's a special theme, and all the residents come out. And... You know, we allow or we allow them to use our kitchens and our facilities and we have the chefs go and help them with the cooking that. But what it gives the residents is an amazing day of something completely different. And when you get fifteen young students coming in, they go and speak to the residents and socialize with them. And it's an amazing day for the residents, as well as the Orem staff and as well as the ECU students. Fantastic, fantastic. And what's next in the food revolution? So I think next um, we need to look at ways, new ways about um, how we're offering choice to residents. Ultimately, um, we have some new age care, or sorry, um, St. John of God, they're doing the the a la carte menus. Ultimately, I would love to see this happening in, in our age care sites. Currently, we offer, um, if residents don't want the two choices, we offer sandwiches or fried eggs or omelets or, you know, there might be fish fingers or people even want their party pies. So we we do that um, at the moment, but I'd like to improve on doing that. Okay, I want to wrap this up with, well, three things. First, can't have a chef in the studio who's been a, a chef to the stars. And uh, Todd has cooked, as I mentioned earlier, for, well, uh, Pink, for the King of Malaysia, Oprah, Queen of Television. And I'm tempted to ask about what's it like cooking for. So let me pick another person, Pippa Middleton. What was it like cooking for her and how did that come about? So it's a funny story with Pippa. Pippa came to Perth with her husband on her honeymoon and there was one day I answered the phone in the restaurant in the dining room and it was a lady asking to make a booking for a Sunday night. At that time, we were closed on Sunday night, so I just basically said, no, unfortunately, we can't do that. Then she said, can you go to your email and delete the email? Mm. And it sort of raised my interest of who this person was. So me and the restaurant manager went in and had a look and it was a um, a company that was con- – uh, was doing their travel arrangements. Looking after Pippa Middleton. Yeah. So as soon as we found out who it was, we called the lady back in <laughs> South Australia and we said, Guess what? We're going to open. 
So the restaurant manager and I made the decision straight away that we would come in and we would provide the team and we'd have that opportunity to do that. So before, well, you were telling me you did that before the owners knew about it. You just yeah. executive decision from the executive chef. That that's right. I but mean, then they came in along. What was it, six in the restaurant? Yeah, the owners and their wives came, and Pippin, I think the husband's name's James. Okay, came in. It's exciting stuff. Now, two things. First of all, let me just give you notice that I'd love you to give us, you've given us a couple of wonderful stories of people's reaction to this new food revolution, but I'd love you to have one just to to wrap it up with something that that when you think about it, you think, yep, that's why we do this because of what happened for this person. But before that, if there's uh, someone with the sort of background you have listening to this podcast and they're thinking about well, I hear I hear cooking in aged care isn't what it was once. Thinking about joining it, what would you say to them? I'd say if you really want to and you have passion to cook in this industry, is is quite honestly, give me a call. Contact me with Baptist Care. And if we don't have opportunities there, I've got a bunch of other colleagues out there that would be more than happy to take passionate people. Okay. And we mentioned earlier how important food is to social, emotional, and mental health. That last story. Yeah. So I think I think one story that comes to my mind is when we started these new breakfast buffets, um, we we modeled them after a, a hotel dining room experience. So we have the chef out there with the live cooking station of cooking eggs and omelets and the residents coming up and choosing, making their own choices about the, what they want to have. There was one resident there that um, couldn't communicate with us and he kept coming up and having an omelet. And he pointed to the omelet that was there. So the chef made him an omelet and he went and sat down and he ate the omelet and he was so excited. His foot was tapping and he's smiling and that. He got up and went and had another one, came back and was sitting and enjoying that. Then he was going up for the third omelet and one of the the carers said, oh, no, no, that's, that's enough, that's enough. You've had two already. And we sort of said, well, no, if, he, if he's going up to get some more, What's the harm? He's just eating eggs and and eggs and cream and a little bit of butter and that. So we had the third one. And this man had the biggest smile on his face the whole day. And out of the whole buffet and everything that we do, that stands out to me that we've we've made this guy's um, morning. And we do that every fortnight now. And and he still goes up and has the eggs and the omelets. And you get to do that every working mm. day. It's a lovely note on which to end today. And Todd, thanks so much. It's been a real privilege to chat to you. And I've really enjoyed your passion for what you're doing and what that means for the very special people in Baptist Care uh, places. And as you've said, many of your colleagues bringing this same revolution elsewhere. And thanks for the insight into what food in aged care should be like. So if you're looking around at facilities, you've got that frame of reference now, folks. And if you've got any questions or you want to give us any feedback, anything at all really about what you've heard in today's show, we love you to email us. It's podcast at baptistcare.com.au. So just send your emails to podcast at baptistcare.com.au or the Baptist Care website, www.baptistcare.com.au. Last but not least, if you've enjoyed today's podcast and you'd like others to have the benefit of it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. That kind of opens the door for other people. 
I'm Graham Mabry, and I'd love you to join us again soon for Demystifying Aged Care. Till then, goodbye and God bless. 